Hello and welcome to Not Your Mama, a soulful storytelling podcast dedicated to being responsible for self for the higher good. I am your host, Misha Van Horn. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, this is Misha. Thanks so much for listening to Not Your Mama. This episode is a conversation that I had with a new girlfriend of mine that I met in Philly at a woman authors conference. She was the curator. She has shown up for me as a mentor and a cheerleader for Not Your Mama and a wise woman. She's on the forefront of shifting and shaping and changing the way women show up in the world so that we can be more empowered for the higher good. And so I'm calling it a raw talk rap session. Here is the phone combo with JoJo. My birth name was Jonita. A lot of people know me in Philadelphia by the name of JoJo. I'm a writer. Some people call me Zen goddess, so I can go deep sometimes. I'm attracted to the vibrations of goddesses. Ooh, that just resonates right with me. Goddesses, love goddesses, Zen goddess, a gangster goddess. I would say that I'm many different women at different times. I can be a warrior. (laughs) I can be a nurturer. Mm. I could be a wounded healer, or I could be a gangster goddess. Sometimes I go with gangster goddess, depending upon the message. I'm taking a tarot card class. A friend of mine I was speaking to earlier said, well, you could do a practice reading on me. I said, okay. I said, well, you know, I'm just new to this, and I don't know. Uh, I have to look at my cheat sheet and look at what I'm doing. Let me shuffle the cards and ask you a question. Her question was, when will I find the man of my dreams? I said, well, what does the man of your dreams mean to you? And so she said, someone who could stand in my sacred space. I said, ooh, that's powerful. Because a lot of times we're not clear on who we're calling into us. We may want to mate, but what are we calling in? The man of my dreams. What does that dream look like? Because for each woman, the dream is different. And for some of us, do we really need a man of our dreams to complete ourselves? Unless we feel incomplete without one. Because then, therefore, we're calling another person in to complete us. Pulled the card out. And I'm learning the cards. It was the Wheel of Fortune. And on this particular card, I was, you know, speaking to her. I said, are you really the woman yet of the person you want to attract to you? Meaning that are you that woman to attract that man of your dreams? Such a good question. Because a lot of times we want a certain type of man or woman, whatever your sexual orientation may be. But yet we haven't arrived at that space yet. So I want to call in somebody who's my dream person, but am I really that person? Can I stand in that space with that person once I've called them in? Am I ready? And she was an older woman, and I made some suggestions, and she said that she didn't think the man was out there. I said, well, then again, we're talking about your mindset. Because if you don't think the man exists because you're older and he wouldn't want to stand in your sacred space because if you see men as only sexualizing us, having sex with us, which, you know, sex is cool, but if you're thinking, who's going to want to really intellectualize with me, meditate with me, vegetate with me, create and build with me, because I see men as just wanting to bed me down, then I said, then you have to unlock your your mindset. What are you thinking? So how do you call in the man of your dreams if you yourself don't believe he's out there? So if he's knocking on your door and your door is locked, how does he get in? I resonate so much with everything that you're saying that you're asking uh, this woman to reflect upon about her own mentality, the way in which she thinks about 
calling in the man of her dreams, it really has a lot to do with how she thinks about herself and what she thinks. I told her she's going to be a vibratory match for where she is currently. Yes, ma'am. So a lot of times we're like, we want a certain thing and our vibe is something else. And we're not there. We want a man to be honest when we're not honest. You know, I hear women say, I want him to be honest with me. Are you honest? Are you looking for an opportunity with him? Because I hear a lot of women saying, well, if he don't have that, he got to have this, he got to have that. That sounds like you're an opportunist. So what are you basing it on? Is it spirit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Attraction? Sex? Money? Love? What is it based upon? And then when it doesn't build or cultivate the way you intended for it to do, what was your intention at the beginning? A lot of times we're not really clear on our intention. He looks good. He has a nice car. He has a good job. He has a this, that, and the other. What's my intention? Am I looking to what with him? Who am I? We don't even look at who am I first. We're so busy looking for something. I'm looking for the dream man. Am I the dream woman? Am I on my own woman, first of all? Mm-hmm. Because for me, I can speak for my own space. I have to be my own woman first. And I meet so many women who are looking for something, some, for some partner outside of themselves, and they're not even grounded within their own truth. If you're a powerful woman, then you need a man who's going to be comfortable in your power. <laughs> Woo! But if you don't see yourself powerful, then who are you calling in? If I'm not powerful, what am I calling in? You know, speaking from the not your mama in this generation and this time frame are not our mamas. We're not going to take the same shit our mamas took to have a man. That's true. Because when you look at the history, our mamas took a lot of shit to be with a man for various reasons. I don't have enough money to feed my children. I don't have resources. The man is the provider. And I'm going like 40 years ago. Some women felt stuck. Now women are making their own money and still feel stuck. <laughs> Hello? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in actuality, that what mindset are we having? Are we taking that of our mother's mindset? Because if we feel we need a man to complete us, whose mindset are we taking on? That's a great question. Whose mindset are we taking on? I think that there might be a lot of uh, ancestral, you know, you said our mothers, and I think it's our mothers, 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 all the way back, all the way yes. back. And I mean, I understand it. I mean, when we trace it back, we understand that women were not in a position where they could work. So we were being provided for. I'm not saying there weren't women who didn't take care of their business and handled their stuff and was independent of a man or of a relationship. How do you think that the mentality of women has changed since your mother's generation? Or how about since your generation? I would say that I can speak for my mother's generation more so than for my generation because I don't have a daughter. I may have spiritual daughters from from me. Well, I speak to women who are younger than me. And in terms of the mindsets, Okay, the mindset is we're more independent than we were 30 years ago, financially independent, good jobs, making good money. So that's different than my mama's generation when I was growing up in the 60s. A lot of women were not in the workplace at that point, or my generation, or my neighborhood. The men, those women who were married, the, the husbands had good jobs, and they were providers. And for my mother's generation, it was about the man of the house. That was the language, the man of the house, the king of the castle. He was bringing home the bacon, and women were, uh, they might have had a job, but so they were taking care of the children, they're working, they're cooking and cleaning and, and so forth. That had changed where when men started to go to war or when men started to go to prison, where women had to step up and, and, and run shit because the bills still had to be paid. 
children still needed to be fed. My mother's generation, there were a lot of women who had men then. How has it changed? In my generation, there are most women I know who are single. Marriage is not the same kind of vibe it was, say, 30 years ago, where you had sex and you got married. Or should I say, maybe the pressure isn't there. So you're, again, if you can have sex and not be married, why be married? But that doesn't stop women from wanting a partner or wanting a mate or wanting to be married, per se. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you got from your mama, 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 or your mother that I need to have a man to complete me, then you don't feel complete within yourself, then you need a partner. What do you think about that kind of mentality? Well, I think it's been handed down, if that's what you know. Sometimes you only know what you know until you evolve, and that everybody evolves differently depending upon what they do, who they meet, meaning that if you have a spiritual practice, whether you're meditating, whether you're praying, whether you're chanting, I mean, looking at the stars or speaking to rocks, I mean, whatever your vibe is, that may change depending upon where you're at. So where my mother may have fixed dinner and stayed at home, and this is true, and had the dinner ready when daddy came home, that's what I saw. So that's what I know. But something in me was was recognizing at a very young age that I wasn't my mama. I didn't want to to put the apron on and to have the meal ready for the man coming in the door. That doesn't make it wrong for anybody who wants to do that. But I know that wasn't me. So I had to then define myself for myself going against what was expected of me to do, cook and clean. That was expected. That was automatic. That's what you did. That's what your mother did. That was what her mother did. My resignation wasn't that. I wasn't ready to to do that. I wasn't willing to do it. Why did you not want to go down that same path that your mother did? I can share something that occurred with me that I was, I don't know, I was a teenager at the time and I was, my boyfriend had came home and I was with my boyfriend in my mama's house and I had fixed him a plate of food. Like I saw my mother fix my dad a plate of food. You know, she fixed the food, she fixed his plate, and I did that for my boyfriend. So I'm doing what I I'm marrying my mother. And we both sat down to watch television and we we're eating. And I'm still eating when he asked for another plate. He said, I'd like to have some more. Now, I'm in the middle of eating. Now, I always saw my daddy get up and get his, fix his second plate. That's what I saw. So I said, hey, baby, it's on the stove. Just help yourself. He said, no, my mother fixes my father's plate. And without missing a beat, I said, I'm not your mama. listening to Not Your Mama Soulful Storytelling Podcast, Raw Talk Rap Session, the first of its kind with Misha and Jojo, the gangster goddess. So that's what changed for me because I had to recognize I'm not your mama. He expected me to do what his mama did. And what I started to realize is a lot of men that I've met expected me to cook for them like their mother cooked for them because that's what they knew. And that's what they saw women's roles to do, to be. Regardless of if she's working, regardless of if she's taking care of the children, regardless of if she's cleaning the house, food is supposed to be on the table. And I cannot tell you how many men I meet today. First thing comes out of their mouth, when are you going to cook for me? It has been passed down to us, the apron or the pots and pans, as this is what women do. They take care of their man. And part of taking care of your man is not only sexual, but it's to feed him. And this is what we do. Whether you have bare children, whether you make money, I want my woman cooking for me. You get married and he's looking at you like, baby, what you going to do? I'm ordering takeout. What you doing? <laughs> you ain't cooking? Who said I was going to cook? Should that be automatic because you got married and all of a sudden you're expected to cook? 
because you're a woman, but you're coming right from the cuff expecting me to do this. Like, this is what you expect of me, that I'm expected to cook for you. Like, this is a sense of entitlement because I have a penis and this entitles me to certain privileges without question, that you're not even to question that. So it's an expectation that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to fuck you and feed you? Hmm. That's a deep piece. Yeah. And what I think is ironic is most of the men that I meet who talk this lingo is not in a position to even provide for me the way my father provided for my mother. See, my father provided for my mother and me. I meet men who who are not in a position to provide, but they still have an expectation of me to put this apron on. Today, 2019, I'm not your mama. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, in 2019, I'm not your mama. See, it's a different one if he had said, let's cook together. Mm. Together, we are chopping and dicing and slicing, and we're getting down in the kitchen together. Yes. We're making it hot, making the aromas come alive in the kitchen together. Woo, baby, you stir this and I chop that. Mm. What you're saying is you're going to put your feet under my table and, and be served like you the king of my castle. Hello? So I'm trying to understand the mentality of the expectation that this is what I'm expected to do. You just met me. This says to me, this is how you see women serving in 2019. Serving or self-serving it. Who defines our roles if we don't define them for ourselves? Who gets to define that role? If there's an expectation that I cook, then women have an expectation that men may take care of them. Hello, when they can take care of themselves. If you could speak to the mothers raising their sons, what would you tell the mothers? What would you ask of the mothers? (laughs) If I was talking to a mother raising their son, it would say quite a, a few different things. One would be because of the domestic violence that women are experiencing in this country, I would speak to that. Now, what happens, unfortunately, with that conversation is that a little boy is watching his mother being beat by her boyfriend or her husband. So he's looking at what he sees. So the behavior of how we conduct ourselves in front of our children is very important because they're soaking it in like a sponge. And if they're two years old, three years old, and see you get punched in the face and still stay with this man and cook and clean, then they're learning at a very young age, that I need to punch my lady in the face. So we also teach not by what we say. I believe that we teach by our behavior. So if a woman is in front of her son taking shit, whether it's a, a beatdown, a heartbreak, being treated badly, and her son is watching this, and the mother stays and says, I love him and I want to be with him, he is learning through watching. And to think that children don't learn by what they see, are you kidding me? Not by what you tell them. Do as I say and not as I do. They see how you're being done. What type of man are you bringing around your son? Even if it's his father, another man, and how's that man treating you? So it has to start with how you allow yourself to be treated. And then it goes back to the beginning of the conversation where it's about the mindset. What is my mindset about this? How do I see myself and my value as a woman? It doesn't matter what we say to the generation. It's what you show them. What are you doing? How you allow a man to treat you. It's not what you're going to say to him. It's what you're showing them. How are you showing him love? If you show your son love through being cold and indifferent, how are you showing love? Are you embracing him? How are you helping your son treat women and be a man in the world? It's definitely full circle to how does that woman think about herself and the world around her? Is she thinking with positive thoughts or is she thinking with negative thoughts? 
true. Or is she thinking I ain't shit unless I got a man, regardless of how educated I am, how much money I make. Do you know how many educated women I talk to who talk about having a man? I'm just saying. I mean, so I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm not saying that the desire isn't there to partner. I don't hear women talk to me saying how much contribution they can make in the world. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm wondering what contribution I can make in the world. I wonder what children I can inspire through my words and my actions and my deeds. I wonder what cause I can take on to make the world different as a result of me being here on the planet. I don't have those conversations. It's all about a partner. Mm. So how do you think you can change that conversation? How do you think that you can help to transform this dialogue? One way that I am doing it is through my writings. I'm currently writing a book called Lessons on My Back. Now, Lessons on My Back might end up being Lessons on Your Back, okay? (laughs) And what that does is, in print, allows me to talk about the various lessons that I've learned along the way. Good, bad, indifferent. Um, Things that will help shift the consciousness of the reader. You may read something that's going to resonate differently with you based on what you read. That's what books do. They inspire. They awaken. They shake the shit out of us. Your life becomes different as a result of something that you read. I remember reading a book when I was in my 20s about, it was simple, but it was profound where I was drinking milk at the time and realized that milk, from the writers, the diamonds, perspective and point of view, they were doctors saying that only person who should be drinking a milk from a cow is a calf. But yet this whole industry, you know, I'm going to the store buying milk. When I read that, that changed my whole perception about milk. Milk! I said, wait a minute, this, this cow is for the calf, and yet we humans are in, in digesting this milk, wondering why it wasn't digesting. I stopped drinking milk based on something that I've read. So when you write something that may change the way somebody thinks, one person may read my book, and that may change something within her of how she begins to treat her children. That one thing, that one book, that one lesson or blessing So it may be one person who reads something that I wrote that awakens something in her that she is just not walking, sleepwalking through her life based on what her mama did or her mama mama did or what this man expects her to do, beginning to define herself for herself and her own truth and her own being authentic within herself, tapping into her own power, awakening her own goddess within. Who am I and how do I fit into this whole scheme of things to question it? And see, the body doesn't lie as far as I'm concerned. So women can do a lot of things. They can go along with some shit, but it don't feel right. I'm asking the reader to check in and see how it feels for you and honor your truth and your step and your foot in the world. Not based on what I wrote but, or what your mama said or what your mama mama said, but how you feel about it. So through this book, letting women know that you are powerful, even if we weren't taught that. Who teaches you to be powerful? Who teaches young girls how to be powerful? I had to learn that on my own. I saw my mother in her power and the ways that she can. She rose up from that domestic violence relationship with my father. I saw her cook and clean and do all the things that a woman should be doing for her children, for her man, and got the shit beat out of her. I saw my mother cook, clean, I'm just paraphrasing, do everything for her children and still get the shit beat out of her. Damn, that's a poem. Yeah. And so what you're doing with your podcast is awakening awakening. Sometimes we sleepwalking and we need to wake up to the truth. When we become adults, it's then our turn to decide how we want to live our lives. We don't have to live under what our parents tell us or how they think we should live. It's ours now. Hmm. That's powerful. And, and sometimes, you know, 
it's, it, again, it still comes down to the belief system. But through moving in the world, however that movement is for different people, you'll meet people on the journey, meet people on the path. One person along the path can change your whole direction. Whew. That's right. Exactly. It's about our connections, and it's about us offering up our own wisdom and sharing our stories and experiences to uplift each other. Most definitely. This has been good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Nice work, JoJo. (laughs) Not your mama, real rap. Because it's real rap. It's improvisational like jazz. It's how you're connecting with us, talking with us, and have us spit our truth. Yeah, it feels like it needs to be raw. It is raw. It's raw, real, right at you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Not Your Mama, Soulful Storytelling Podcast, Raw Talk Rap Session. You can tune in on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Or find me on itsnotyourmama.com. Subscribe, comment, connect, share. 